grateful that there are so many resources out there if you care about health equity and communication. So in honor of Pride Month, I'm going to highlight one of them. A free online course from Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services called Improving Healthcare Quality for LGBTQ People. And I'll share four reasons you should take this course. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel, and this is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners. Your partners in health equity-focused education and communication. Visit healthcommunicationpartners.com. Now, I'm in a lot of what we could call DEI conversations, and I have been for many years. And I realized I had gotten a little complacent, like somehow just by being in equity-oriented conversations, I was picking up stuff that I needed to know about LGBTQ health like just by osmosis. And obviously that's not true. And I couldn't remember the last time I'd sat down and educated myself about LGBTQ health. So you know I'm someone who cares a lot about the language choices we make. And I am glad I sat down to take this course because I learned things. It's described as being for, quote, healthcare providers and staff who are responsible for collecting Medicare patient data from LGBTQ persons. So I am not the target audience, and I found the course helpful and enlightening. So I'm going out on a limb here and saying, if you're interested in getting more comfortable talking about sexuality and gender with anyone, or just understanding some of these concepts better yourself, or you need a refresher, you might find this course useful. So let me tell you some of the specifics. Um, It's called Improving Healthcare Quality for LGBTQ People. It's on the cms.gov site. So the easiest way to find it might be to go to cms.gov and put in the search box LGBTQ, and this course should be one of the first results. It takes about an hour. It's free. It was developed with help from folks at the Fenway Institute in Boston. Um, Obviously, I'm going to go ahead and put links in the notes. And the course centers around what's called... um, sexual orientation, gender identity data. So they use the acronym S-O-G-I, which they pronounce SOGI. And the course's purpose is, is right up front there. And it says, quote, it is critical to respect each individual's sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression. To deliver high quality and culturally competent care, It's also important to engage patients on their sexual orientation and gender identity during the clinical encounter. And really throughout the whole course, they weave through good arguments, I think, about why it's important to do this, why it's important to know these things, to pay attention, to ask these questions, and the benefits of of doing so. Most important, of course, is to be able to provide better care, healthier people. Uh, So they talk about federal policy developments, market competition. They give you a bunch of other reasons on top of providing better care. So here are four reasons I think you should take this course. Uh, Number one is terminology. Um, One of the course objectives is that you'll be able to correctly identify sexual orientation and gender identity terminology 
in order to build trust with LGBTQ patients. Right away, they are careful about terminology. They say, quote, sexual and gender minorities often include those who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer LGBTQ, although there are many people who are also sexual or gender minorities and choose different terms to call themselves. It was important to point that out first and to show how careful they're going to be about terminology and the kind of claims you can make about what kinds of terms groups of people like. The first lesson, for example, starts with terminology, so much terminology, you might want to take notes at that section. There's even some history on the terminology. They point out how language changes over time. They note that some groups tend to prefer some terms, but they also give you caveats. Trying to make claims about preferred terminology is inherently tricky. Um, We get right into issues of stigma. For example, a video on the causes of health disparities in older LGBTQ adults starts with the word homophobia. And we go right there, homophobia, transphobia, and that this often starts in the home. They're not stepping around these issues. Um, They talk about historical stigma and prejudice in the medical context, talk about non-disclosure as being a survival strategy. So yes, reason number one, the way they deal with terminology. Reason number two, assumptions. You know I care about unearthing assumptions, and they deal with assumptions. Listen to this one. I love this. You can never assume you know someone's gender identity. I think that's just good life advice. (laughs) If you're a clinician, um, here's one for you. Quote, it is important that healthcare providers ask a patient their sex assigned at birth, gender identity, and sexual orientation to ensure the highest quality of care. And that's challenging some assumptions about the kinds of screening that you do in a patient's data that you collect. Another assumption that they challenge is that people don't want to talk about this with their providers. They give us surveys and voices of the patients, and the consensus is it's important to ask these things and we don't mind your asking. Um, In the course, they talk about there's many ways to ask, not just verbal and face-to-face, I talked about this issue in a, in a past episode. I'll put a link in the notes. But they also point out if a patient does not feel safe or for other reasons elects not to share SOGI information, healthcare providers must respect that decision. They also challenge the assumption that these are just conversations that young people need to have, saying, quote, providers should ask older patients about their sexual activity because many older adults are sexually active and need the same sexual health care as younger patients. A third reason why you should take this course, how they handle communication. So much of the course is about communication. So aside from terminology, I wanted to point out a few elements that I appreciated. Open-ended questions. (laughs) They talk about open-ended questions and Um, I've done a past episode where I give you uh, several of them, and some of them are on this topic. Um, I'll throw that in the notes as well. They talk about communication and making mistakes. Um, Let me share this with you. Promoting culturally sensitive communication among staff is also of critical importance. Often the most important but challenging communication strategy is to have staff consistently use correct names and pronouns with patients. Because mistakes do occur, 
staff should learn to feel comfortable apologizing and should work together to maintain a culture of accountability. So yeah, mistakes are going to happen. We're going to trip up when we try to use the correct pronouns and correct names, and we've got to be okay with apologizing, making mistakes. There's plenty of what not to say throughout the course, along with plenty of examples of what to say. They also give you sample questions, sample statements, and even a few ICD-10 codes. All right, fourth reason is the design. I like that the course is a mix of video and text. I think they also do a nice job with key concepts. They do a summary at the end of each lesson, and I think that's good instructional design. Um, when you take it, click on the References tab because the resources document is a PDF. It's about six pages long, and it's full of links, and I think you're going to want it, um, including a link to the Sexual and Gender Minority Clearinghouse that CMS has. And as part of the design, I think there's these three concepts that we hear dealt with separately and together, gender expression, gender identity, and sexual orientation. So part of their design is dealing with these three topics together and separately and educating us on them. There's some great stuff in there that I don't have time to tell you about, like the gender unicorn, if you don't not don't know about the gender unicorn, go ahead and Google it. It's a kind of an improvement on the, um, the gender bred person. And ultimately, I think that much of what they're advocating is just good practice. Good practice for everyone, not only LGBTQ patients. I'm Dr. Amory Liebel. This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, Audio Engineering and Music by Joe Liebel. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. Find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.